We have another loaded show, and we don't mean that you and I have been drinking. Our special guest is actor and TV host John O'Hurley making a return appearance here on Daily Fish. He has a bunch of upcoming events, including some news about Seinfeld. He'll fill us in on that. Plus, John will talk March Madness since John's and my beloved Friars bit the dust, unfortunately. Now, the hard line with John Hardison has some final four bets for you for both the men and the women. Plus, he is looking ahead to the future props on baseball and football as well. And Heidi's Hollywood nailed Oscar night. We will go over Heidi's huge picks along with some history that was made. And then we will discuss the uh, head slapping moments, literally and figuratively. Our schmuck of the week is an NBA player. And who's got the swag is an NBA legend. We will never forget. Plus, our drink of the week and fish has something fishy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Daily Fish. John Daly here with Eric Snyder, a.k.a. Fish. We are coast to coast coming to you from Las Vegas and Myrtle Beach. We talk sports, entertainment and everything in between. And boy, we got a lot of in between tonight, too, Fish. Yeah, you talk about O'Hurl. I'm a big fan. He knows that he's been on the show before. His wife's been on the show before. But you know what? You know, Seinfeld's great, but he was a great. My wife and I, because you get in your 60s, you start watching game shows. And he was the host of Family Feud, great franchise, to tell the truth. And I like to ask him maybe what was, you know, what's that like? Because you're seeing major stars becoming, you know, game show hosts. And you're next, Daily. You're next and you're perfect. Look at that face. Oh, yeah. You come on. Yeah. You could yeah. do a crossword puzzle and all that crap that's on right now. There's something for you. <laughs> I don't know about that. Folks, questions or comments, drop it in the chat box. Okay. If you're not watching this live, email us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, time now for the daily grind. So, Fish, you, Hardline, and me all had the same final four, and two of ours made it, Kansas and Duke. They joined Villanova and the Tar Heels for the national championship. Plus, Duke and North Carolina play each other Saturday for the first time in the NCAA tournament. Talk about great scripting for Coach K's finale, huh? That's it. I was just talking to you guys at rehearsal that I was so excited about Sunday's games and they were duds. So I'm, I'm watching golf. I am watching arena football. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, this is great. Duke and North Carolina, your backyard. I can only imagine what the bars are going to look like. We talked about this before. In your neighborhood, come Saturday. I, I know it's a later game. It's 839 Eastern time, but still, people will be sloshed by them. It's great. Again, you're seeing a class act, a legend go out. And would it be a great part of his dossier? to beat that team in the final four and to, and to maybe win the national championship. We're going to find out from Hardline. He's going to have the bets for us as well. I would say things you can tell things are getting a little nutty down here where I am, but up in Raleigh and Charlotte. Oh my God. It's just, it's, it's it, just palpable up there. So people is are, it a Super Bowl? Really is it a, I'm sorry, John, is it, uh, Andrew, is it a Super Bowl type atmosphere? Uh, I would say so. I would say so. They really get into, they get into college hoops here. I mean, they, you know, the Charlotte Hornets aren't exactly, you know, all over the state by any means. So, no. Uh, and, and down here, you get a lot of NC State fans. You get a lot of Clemson fans. So it's uh, they're all revved up. No doubt about that. All right. All right. Next, uh, something to spring in sports, the mental stress on women tennis stars. Australia's Ashley Barty. She's only 25 years old. She's the world's number one player. Yet she retired due to, as she said, the demands of the game. Now, Japan's Naomi Osaka, uh, she went through some anxiety issues as well with the media and thought about shutting down as well. Many other women tennis players are saying the stress on the tour is overwhelming. Fish, this is concerning. You know, when we did our research for this piece, we found out that women in the past, some of the superstars like Chris Everett, Martina Navratilova, um, they had the same kind of issues. It just didn't have social media. and It was kind of 
put aside. And then you look at it, it just it makes what Serena and Venus Williams have accomplished that much more astounding. You saw the movie King Richard and you saw the great thing, the way job Will Smith did playing this guy and how he really, really structured their lives. But they went through the same kind of crap. And it is concerning. You don't hear it on the men's side, but you wonder if the press, if the demands of, of practicing, what's going on right now? And I guess it's a really good real sports piece with Brian Gumble. What is going on mm-hmm. in the background mm-hmm. of women's tennis that's causing these young players to have such mental anguish? Yeah, yeah. That's something they definitely have to, uh, they've got to get to the bottom of. All right. And finally on the grind, cornhole is catching on like wildfire. Players try to throw 16-ounce beanbags to a platform with a hole in it. It's three points in the hole and one point with uh, the bag on the platform. 21 points and you win. It is big in the Midwest, especially at bars and distilleries. And get this, ESPN carries the National Cornhole Championship that kept you up all night, Fish. There was people at my bar watching this. Put the cornhole championships on. And the audience looked like the whole cast of Duck Dynasty. And the the creator of this is Jebediah McGillicuddy. But look at the sponsors. Budweiser, Mike's Hard Lemonade, Southwest Airlines. The winner gets a million-dollar prize, okay? And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is huge. And the ratings are huge. The ratings are better than some baseball games. It it kills me to hear this. It's not much of a – I mean, you sit there and you throw a beanbag and it's a teabag. I don't know what the hell it is. But I do know this. People come in and watch cornholing. And you should see this crowd, man. They're sitting there. They got their beers in a can in there. <laughs> and, they, and they have one guy. Uh, this is Mike Recker. <laughs> He's from a small town in Iowa. That's what he does 12 hours a day is put that bag in a bean in the hole. I'm dying laughing. But I looked at the sponsors and I said, we got to talk about this on Daily Fish. Yeah. This is something new. And they consider it a sport. Yeah. I, 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 Cornhole is actually good for your golf swing, you know, when you're kind of throwing it like that. So it's good. I'm going to throw a little controversy in there. You said that uh, Jedi, Jebediah McGillicuddy is the creator, but others are saying that the American Blackhawk tribe in Illinois gets credit, while the Germans point to Matthias Cooperman of Bavaria. So who who is it, Fish? Because we've got to know if we're going to watch this game, right? Whoever decided to put noodling on ESPN2 going for catfish. I don't know. But I don't want to piss anybody off. I have enough problems with the comments on this show. <laughs> but you know what? It, it's popular. You can't, you know, you, you can never, ever, ever, you can't, you can't sit there and argue with success. Whether you like a show or not, if it's successful, it's, it's successful. And ESPN is going to devote more footage to this thing. God bless them. Cool. I love it. And folks, that is the Daily Grind. Thanks for tuning in. Daily Fish is live on Facebook at daily.fish.5 starting next week on Mondays. That's right on Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Pacific. Watch us also on Facebook on the Myrtle Beach Golf Channel and also Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. That's on Facebook. Check us out uh, on YouTube. Again, Daily Fish on YouTube. Soon we're going to be on Wingding TV. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. All right, time now for the Daily Fish Hardlines. John Hardison has the podcast, The Cost of Winning, focusing on sports and sports betting. And fan, I should say fantasy sports and sports betting. Welcome, Hardline. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Hey, we're doing good. Okay, let's hit the Saturday bets for the Final Four. What are the bets you're picking? Uh, so you know what? There's a lot of good games on Saturday. Well, there's, there's the best games on Saturday, but you know what? Um, I really, for Saturday, I love this Villanova Kansas game. 
I didn't have Villanova going this far. I'll be very honest. Uh, yeah. Very surprised. But again, when you look at these four schools that are left, it comes down to great execution and coaching, especially give Jay Wright a lot of credit for what he's been able to do and accomplish. Uh, even with that being said, I love Kansas this year. I, I said this at the beginning of the show of the season when we started doing the March Madness was I think Kansas had the easiest way to the top. I think they had the best bracket and I love the way they play. I love their hustle. I love their crashing of the boards. I got to go Kansas in this game and I'll go with Kansas uh, a money line for some reason with Kansas. When it's a game that's this tight, that four and a half, I think it's going to be a little bit closer, maybe three than what most people think. Wow. Do you even want to touch the uh, Duke Carolina game? You know what would would Duke Carolina? Um, what, what a, what a, poetic ending possibly for coach K. I mean, you know, we talk about this, you hear, especially people in North Carolina, uh, who's the better school. And and I think that until they meet again, whoever wins has quite a bit of bragging rights uh, in in the state. Uh, I actually really like Duke in this game. I like Duke minus four. I just love the way that Duke has actually been moving the ball. I like their tenacity. Um, You see coach K in regular seasons really get energized, really, really into the game. And usually during a tournament, he's a little bit softer. And this is one of the few tournaments I've seen in a while where he's really up. He's up. He's on the court. He's yelling at his guys. You know, he's getting in people's faces. And this is a different type of Coach K that we're not necessarily used to. And I think that's going to go over into them winning minus four. I think they're really good. I would actually even take the over in this game at 151. Wow. Wow, because everybody's been coming in and under. All right, go ahead, Fish. I'll tell you what. Both Duke and North Carolina stink. North Carolina State, baby. Jimmy V. I'm going back to 1983. Lorenzo <laughs> Charles, a helpful. Come on, give me the comments. Give me the bad hate mail. You both suck. I don't care if it's Coach K's last, whatever he's going. Jimmy V, Jimmy V, the legend continues. The women's final four looks incredible, too. Any bets there? Uh, yeah, so you know what? Uh, this weekend, I actually really like South Carolina uh, minus eight. And I also like the the UConn Stanford game is very interesting. Some places have it as a pick. Some places have it as minus one. Uh, you know, my my head tells me Stanford. My gut tells me UConn, and I'm going with my gut UConn. Uh, I think this is you know uh, the coach has been there for a long time at UConn. Orietta, you know he he's seen everything. He's almost been in every situation. I, I got to go UConn this weekend. And look, I love Paige Buckner. I love. Uh, yeah. Williams, I think they're they're really great. And if we get to the ability to have South Carolina UConn, I think that's one for the ages. Uh, look at South Carolina. I love Don Staley. I love Aaliyah Boston and Victoria Saxon. I mean, they crash the boards hard. They play hard. They play good defense. They block shots. They're rim protectors. You know that that's old school. You know NCAA ball where you have a person that's just willing to dominate on the glass. So my my picks going into the Final four for women, I'm picking South Carolina versus UConn. All right, very good. And the good news is because we're going to be on next Monday night, so we're going to be on before the final four for the men. So we'll be able to uh, get the hard line pick there. All right, baseball's about to start. You got any good future bets? Uh, you know, with everything's going on right now, that's, that's the hardest part. Um, the one that I probably would take the most is – I'm going to say San Francisco's probably going to win uh, their division, you know, and I know wow. Fish is probably mad. He's upset. Wow. He's a Dodgers guy, but you know, San Francisco, nobody expected what they did last season. I yeah. can tell you walking into that, 
That's amazing. And they still got a lot of money that they could play with. They still got a lot of opportunities. They farm very well. We talked about the best farm system in baseball. I, I got to go San Francisco being the best farm system. I mean, you if you told me going into last year that they were going to have 100 wins, I would have told you you were out your mind. You know, that's interesting because we've got um, uh, Dave Roberts, the uh, manager of the Dodgers. He guaranteed the World Series trophy in Chavez Ravine. Now, Hardline, I always joke, the only way the Dodgers can win a World Series is if there's a strike or there's a <laughs> pandemic that shortens the season because they can't win a full season. What What do you think about Dave Roberts saying that? I mean, that's that's kind of going out on a limb on a 162-game season that's going to be wacky because of the of the shortage. I mean, you know, uh, you got to love the confidence in some people. I mean, you know, it's a game of confidence. Um, the, the biggest question is, and, and Daly, you can answer this because I can't remember off the top of my head and fish. Didn't he just sign an extension? I think Dave yeah. Roberts did, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah I, I, can, I can say what I want when I'm extended. <laughs> if, if I'm on the, on the last year, you know, I'm kind of playing a little close to the chest. Yeah, well, you just failed. You took you took a piss test, and we're gonna you know you you, you failed it, buddy. Picking the Giants with me, I'll tell you that right now. You know what's wrong with you? What's the matter with you? I'll tell you this. I'm telling you right now. I did it last year. I told you on our, when we did a little promo last week. I bet the Orioles to win over 60 games. They start out with 11 and seven, and now they won 58. I'm betting the Orioles over 62 games just to piss off Daly, maybe O'Hurley. I'm picking the Red Sox to win under 80 games. I, I think the Red Sox could have a uh, – uh, Trevor Story, wow. I'm, I'm, do this. I'm making a low bet on that one just to, just to root against you guys. But the, the Giants? <laughs> the Giants? You're, okay, let me tell you something. you got a better chance. The Lions just made hard knocks. you got a better chance of the ratings of that being higher than the Academy Awards than you do the Giants winning that division. You know, Fish, I'll, I'll put it this way. You know, a lot of people say – when teams are loaded, that they're, they're always going to make the championship and win, and it doesn't always happen. You know, I've seen it with your Lakers when they played my Pistons, and they came up short. No, now it's my Lakers, you know. <laughs> tell you what, I love, I love Hardline. You know, he gets he gets so personal. When a team he picks loses, he texts me and goes, how come they're playing so bad? <laughs> love Speaking of playing bad, real last one, NFL future bets came out. I told you I'm pissed off. The Raiders are at eight, which they were last year. The Broncos went to ten. Anything you anything you see in those bets that really uh, stand out to you? I, I can understand in terms of of where we're at a little bit right now. There there's so much movement going on, and and every day it's something different that's going on. Um, the biggest question that I have, and that's even going into the one division. I still have the Bucks winning the the NFC South. I think they're the superior team. Um, but it's it's one of those situations down there where there's so much movement going on. Like they just signed Andy Dalton today. The the, the Saints are making moves. Um, it's hard to to focus in on a future right now, other than the divisions that are pretty much locked. Which in in case to me it would be like the AFC East. I'm I'm going with the Bills. There's there's no question. I think they're the best team. NFC North. You got to go Green Bay. There's no question about that. Uh, the NFC South and the NFC West are the two that. I kind of go back and forth about, especially because uh, the NFC West right now, it's easy to pick the Rams. Um, but with San Francisco saying Jimmy G's our guy, it's hard to fade away from them too. So those those are the two that you don't know. You know, in, in Jimmy G, you know, we've talked about this before. The question is on paper, they look good. What's the shoulder looking like once you get to mini camps and once you start the season? Cool. 
All right, Hardline. So uh, before we say goodbye, we had a lot of comments from people saying how cool it was. You gave us the uh, prop bets for the Oscars last week. A lot of people thought that was oh, really so cool, cool when we went into it. So uh, so we appreciate that and helping you helping us with that, too. That's for sure. You, you did better than that. You did better with that than you will with your baseball prop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Fish, you know, everybody thought that they were crazy last year and they won a the division. You know, we'll, we'll see if That's they true. go two, right. or two or two. All right. You came close. I mean, you came, you did, you came dang close. Who beat him in the playoffs? I forgot. Oh, the Dodgers did. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Love you. That is- Hope you pass your piss test. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the Daily Fish Hardline with John Hardison of the Cost of Winning Podcast. Find him here with us, but also on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. All right, John, we'll see you next week. Hey, folks, you need a great golf getaway. The Myrtle Beach Golf Trail has dozens of courses along the Carolina coast. Set up an entire trip for yourself, your family, or a bunch of friends. Call me. I'll be out there. The site is the MyrtleBeachGolfTrail.com. You can play there year-round. All right. Now it's time for something fishy. What do we have, Fish? Glasses go off. I'll put it back on because I have to actually, I can't see without him. But great actor, John O'Hurley on the show. Great actress, Heidi Holliker, a big contributor to the show. John, you've acted. I tried to act like I do a podcast. So I went and I looked at how you cast certain TV shows and movies. And I did some background checks on Mike Fenton and Jane Feinberg, the gurus of casting. O'Hurley probably knows who they are. You probably do too, and Heidi. And they said, if you're going to cast some somebody that's alive and you're doing a portrayal, Cast them to what they look sort of like that person. Okay. I'm watching this thing on HBO called Winning Time, the Building the Lakers Dynasty. All right. Let me show you how this works. This is a gorgeous man. I'm safe in my skin. That's Pat Riley. Look at this guy. Cover of GQ. How many championships did he win early? Like five or six, even with Miami and, and the Lakers? This is the guy playing him. Are you kidding me? His nose, is so big. His nose is so big, he steps outside. What's the weather in San Diego? He tells you it's 78 Marine layer. Great actor. Love him in pianos. He's not Pat Riley. All right? This is coach, movie home team. This is Sean Payton, the coach of the Saints. Good-looking guy. Look at that guy, right? He, he could probably be an actor. You cast this guy to play him? This looks like Sean Payton? Kevin James? Are you fucking kidding me? I'm sorry. I, I get pissed off at this stuff. All right? You got to do better. Mike Fenton and Jane Feinberg are whatever they are right now. We're saying, are you kidding me? Then we're doing the John Daly story, O'Hurley. We're going to do it. Netflix is doing a documentary on John Daly. This is John Daly. That's John Daly. Look at the gorgeous man. I'm safe on my skin. I can say this. How the hell does this guy show up to play him? It's like it's in his life. <laughs> This guy's playing John Daly. Nothing stole real TV from this guy. Now he's got to play him in the movie. You know what? Not a bad look for you, John. Great skin. I'm sorry. What's fishy about it is if you're going to, if that's the face, match up the face. There you go. All right. That is something fishy this week. By the way, O'Hurley and I actually played in a Mod Rashad celebrity golf event. So I'm sure he'll got, he's got some stories to, to hit with you on that as well. All right, yeah, still Amar ahead. Amar Rashad's going to play O'Hurley in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's everywhere. All right, still ahead, our schmuck of the week, along with Who's Got the Swag and Heidi's Hollywood. Plus, it is time for Heidi's Hollywood, and she nailed the Oscars on Sunday night. She's Heidi Holliker, actor and producer. She is deep into Tinseltown and the entertainment scene, and she's with us every week. Heidi, welcome back, and you nailed it 
with Coda winning the best picture. You told us that last week. What did you know? What was it that that, that, that nailed it for you? I, it's not anything I knew. It was purely a feeling, purely a feeling of what's going on in our industry, being inclusive. And this film was one of the most inclusive films. The majority of the cast is deaf. And it's just, it's just a beautiful, beautiful story. And I, I just knew it. It was just a gut thing. I knew it just like I knew Jessica Chastain would win. It was a gut. These are just going with the gut of the climate, what I feel, what I see. And there you go. There's no magic. There's no magic answer. Although I, I wish there was. Maybe we could team you up with Hardline. You could do better on the baseball picks. I'm still in shock. Over <laughs> hey. You know what? I, when I do the, the Kentucky Derby down the street at, at Neighbors, I, I always tend to win. I don't know. I know nothing oh. about sports, and I, and I always pick the winner. So, oh. hey, throw well, me at the Give sports. me an exact on that. Now, let's get to the cream of what everyone's talking about. Um, <sighs> first of all, I'll preface it by saying that we're all, Heidi, you're a lot younger than John and I, but when John and I watched the <laughs> Academy Awards as an event, it was a watch party. People got excited about it. 55 to 60 million people watched it. This was yes. the second lowest rated Academy Awards. And I asked my son, who's 30 years old, ask all your friends and, and get a poll of how many people watch Academy Awards. 36 people, no offense, not one watched the show. But when my son went to work, he's a graphic artist, everyone at the water cooler was talking about the Will Smith incident. That's not Absolutely. the Academy Awards. So take us why the, the ratings are continually down. While the demographic of 18 to 40, they figured only, had only a 2.9 rating, which is atrocious. And what's the ramifications of the Will Smith slap on well, Chris Rock? That's still being discussed, I think, among among everyone. And things constantly change. The Academy. I have a. Um, well, let me just let me just go back to the the first question: Why aren't people watching? They're never going to get a young a young demographic. It's not a show for. 20s 30s it's not unless you're nominated unless you, you know and then your friends are going to watch and there you got 20 people it's not that kind of show it's known as a as a very lengthy uh, often boring lots of musical numbers some great some horrendous it's and a lot of a lot of glitz and glam that just does not appeal to the young demographic it hasn't in years and years and years this is nothing new so Why? to why? We watched it when we were younger. We had watch parties with our friends. When, we, when I, was I watched it when I was younger because one, my my family's in the industry and my folks were at the Oscars. I watched it because I wanted to be an actress. Okay. I mean, it's a completely different point, point of view. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think my friends in high school watched it. I was probably the only one. So it's it's not, it just will never appeal to a younger demographic. Okay, so I, I, talked, I talked earlier about head-slapping moments. One of them was for me, and my wife notices too, what's with the boobs hanging out? Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. The fashion was just incredible. I, That'll I, get kids to watch. Yeah. I completely agree. I, I, I don't know what's going on there. I know that every year they're, they're, you, watch, you watch the theme of it. There's a, the stylists, which are the people who, who style and give, give all the actresses and actors, but in this case, boobs are actresses, their wardrobe options. And they definitely have a huge influence on what they're going to go with. And when you're, if you're a performer and you're you're up for an Oscar and you're 
nervous and you're, you know, you're dealing with a thousand things and someone's complimenting you and putting you in this thing that we know looks ridiculous. And with, you, you know, cleavage is beautiful. You do not need a little cup over like a pasty. It looked like they were all wearing pasties, but it tends to be a theme every, every year. There's a, a look that the stylists seem to be mm-hmm. going for. And when you're doing the wardrobe fittings and you're being told, oh my God, you look so unbelievable. This is perfect. And these women do, they, they're gorgeous. They have beautiful skin, beautiful bodies. And so at that moment, I bet, you know, they're, they're, it probably looks great in person, but you're sitting for eight hours. You've got little pasty things. It doesn't work. I don't get it. I agree with you wholeheartedly. It, there were a lot of beautiful, beautiful gowns and those particular ones, that's why they cut away during Will Smith's uh, acceptance speech because uh, Venus Williams was wearing was wearing something where you could start to see her breast. And that's why they did that whole cutaway and they did something like what, Oscars? A, a little a card that said Oscars. Do you oh, remember that's that? Right. That's, right. that's why they cut away. And yeah. I knew it, I could tell because I was watching. I'm thinking she's falling out of that. And and obviously she did. So well, it's good the producers and the cameramen were staying abreast of things. So <laughs> very wow, very no good. Pun. Yeah, no so, pun Would you like to hear the 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 firsts and the diversity, or would you like to hear really the academy statement? What what would you like? Academy, to hear? The academy statement. Okay, I'm going to read this because I have it right here. Glasses on. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. The Academy issued a statement yesterday morning stating the Academy will explore further action and consequences in accordance with its bylaws, standards of conduct, and California law. Members are expected to uphold the Academy's values of respect for human dignity, inclusion, and a supportive environment that fosters creativity and provides an ethical framework for how its members should behave. Now, that happened yesterday morning at 5 p.m. Will Smith, Will Smith issued, I'm not going to read his uh, in full by any means, but issued on Instagram an apology. I'll just read one quote. There is no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. He was embarrassed and his behavior was unacceptable and apologized in it to Chris Rock, the Academy, the Williams family, and everyone in the world who was watching. We have we have breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah. This just announced. This guy is now going to host the Academy Awards next year. <laughs> okay, I like it. I like it. I've I've run into him before. He was yeah, quite, it, it was it, nice. <laughs> before we get into your binge watching, I, I just have to say it's it, it's not a reason. It's, I hope this this story goes away. I really do because. It's not what the Academy Awards is all about. It bring, you're going to get the clickbait stuff, and it's going to be on Instagram. It's going to bring notoriety to that incident. But I really hope for I the know. glamour of the Academy Awards and what it's about, a celebration of the industry. You're talking about a, a, a doing a big remembrance and a big honor to the Godfather, my, my favorite film yeah. of all time. It, and not, no one's talking about that. You know? I know. And let, let's go away. So what are you binge watching? Well, well, I just want to add a couple of very quick quick points that are that are really critical that this particular Academy Award uh, Oscar telecast had so many firsts. It was the, 
have my little notes here. It was the first all black Oscar production team. It was the first best picture Oscar uh, to be given to a streamer, a streamer, Apple TV plus. That's massive. It was the first brother sister team to ever win an Oscar with uh, Phineas and Billie Eilish. It was the first deaf actor to ever win an Oscar, a male actor. It was the first uh, first three women hosting. And then of course, Ariana DeBose with her beautiful acceptance speech. And she said it many times and she said it in her speech. She is the first queer Afro Latina who won for best supporting actress in West Side Story. And of course, 60 years ago, Rita Moreno, Moreno won the best supporting actress for the same role. And she was, I just looked this up before the show, she was the first Puerto Rican to ever win an Oscar in an acting category. So this was a beautiful, there were a lot of beautiful things. Okay. You, you, we, got, we have 30 seconds, Heidi, give sure. us your benchmarking. So I don't okay, you ready? No worries. Yeah. Uh, Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. I cannot not stop watching it. Netflix, I've watched it. I've watched so many, so many episodes. There are 11 seasons. It's, it's uh, the Obama one is my absolute favorite. No, he's not a comedian, but he's friggin' funny in this thing. You got Jim Carrey, Julie Lou, Louis Dreyfus, you've got everyone. Seinfeld is awesome. It is the best show to watch. Binge it, watch every episode, watch it again and again and again. And we will, and we'll talk about it. All right, Heidi, thank you again, and congratulations on your picture. And that is Heidi's Hollywood. She's with us every week. Check her out on Facebook and Instagram. All right, Fish, now it's time for our Schmuck of the Week. Who's been schmucky this week? I'm not going to go. I want to get to O'Hurley, so I'm going to go right to the logo. This is this is uh, this guy from the NBA, all right, Nurkic. I just call him Nurkic, all right? What an idiot. Mm -hmm. Some kid was some kid was hassling him. So he goes over and talks to him, takes his cell phone and throws it, you know. And he got fined forty thousand dollars. You can't let the again. You can't let these kids or people get to you. That that's my that's my shock of the week. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Who's got the swag? Who are we toasting? We're toast. We're toasting this guy. I, I love it. It's, it's amazing what he's done and his and what he's done in his death with the Kobe Bryant Foundation. Now Vanessa's opened up again. Uh, a negotiation with Nike to build more uh, youth youth uh, foundations and more uh, basketball gyms and, and 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 things to help the youth. And it's they're starting right now with construction in Southern California, and they'll be in 13 major cities. So congratulations to Kobe and Vanessa, or Kobe yeah. and you know and, and Vanessa Bryant for just your philanthropy. Very good. And so now we toast. We're going to toast Kobe and the foundation. With our drink of the week, and our drink of the week is fish. Chardonnay. Well, I love Chardonnay. My wife's favorite drink. Who Every doesn't? Night, and and, 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 and we're, we'll talk a little Chardonnay with O'Hurley because oh, O'Hurley got me involved in Chardonnay many, many years ago. So we're going to talk about that. All right. Daily Fish Drink of the Week is sponsored by Shuck's Tavern in Vegas. Great seafood and drinks in two locations. Head to Shuck's Tavern on North Durango on the northwest side of town where fish is overnight say daily fish podcast you get a free drink do it the next day a free appetizer that is shucks tavern check out shucks tavern on facebook all right folks love having you here remember daily fish is live on facebook at daily.fish.5 starting next week on mondays at 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific watch us also on facebook at myrtle beach golf channel 
And also on Facebook, at Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. Soon we're going to be on Wingding TV. You can check us out on YouTube, Daily Fish. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, and Amazon, and Stitcher as well. All right, let's bring him on. Do a little toast with him. Actor, singer, Broadway star, author, and TV host John O'Hurley. You know him from Seinfeld and the National Dog Show, but his claim to fame is he was my roommate at Providence College. John O, welcome back, buddy. <laughs> oh, we're still working that off, are we? You know, here's my yeah. Chardonnay. It's a little muddy. <laughs> mm. So what are you drinking, a cab tonight? Uh, well, you know, this is an excuse to open a 100-point wine. It's a Frescobaldi uh, Brunello. Wow. I'm sorry, but I had to do it. I had to do so it. So you're going If you're you were going, going Chardonnay, Italian I was going to do it. But, uh, hey, great to be with you. It really is. I, I love listening to the show. You guys, are, you, you really both are, um, you're really a class act uh, together. Or and yeah. half a class act individually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, but seriously, you do you do a wonderful job, and I think the the fact that you can uh, weave through sports and entertainment so f with such a a sense of facility is uh, is really wonderful. Glad to be here, wow. and ready to talk about anything. Yeah, I, I I don't think I've ever had that word said about us, fish, but that's that's a good one. I like it. Well, hey, I, um, I, I you know I hear class with you and schmuck with me, so that's a nice. That's a best <laughs> you ever so so, Jono, we got we got a lot to cover here. Um, Give us your take on the on the final four. Who are you picking? Oh gosh, you know nostalgia blooms, and he's also a good friend, Coach K. I got to go with him. Yeah, I just I you know you want to watch the you, you want to watch that uh, that final moment when he realizes that uh, this is the punctuation point. It's very powerful. It's very powerful, and you saw it in uh, you know our favorite coach um, um, this week at Providence. You know that last second when he turned away from the the guys in the court and kind of put his head down. And I think yeah. it was a moment that captivated him, that he was kind of caught up in the season and he loves these guys. And, you know, it was it was a great moment. I love nostalgia in sports and I'll always go with that. I'm I'm just, a you know, I'm a Hallmark card. That's all I am. <laughs> uh, you know, you were talking about Frank, talking about Ed Cooley, our guy. Uh, and folks don't know that you and uh, John and I both went to Providence College. Um, how disappointed were you in the loss or were you kind of like, hey, it was a great effort. It was a great season. Well, you know, I had the, the feeling of the vibe and you and I actually were texting during the game uh, and you you were spot on about it. It just it looked like nervous energy. It didn't look like the calm composure. Um, Kansas is a tough team and, and I don't think they got off to the start that they needed to. I did tell you that they would come back and certainly they yeah. did, but they couldn't, you know, through questionable calls at the end. Um, you know, it, it never came to fruition. But what a season, what a group of guys and... Um, I think one of the uh, one of the great college basketball stories of the year, yeah. along with along with uh, along with uh, St. Pete's there. Yeah, Jersey City. When we had you on the show before, we, I never got a chance. I'm digressing a little bit, but it's great. I never got a chance to say to you what I really appreciate about your career is that <laughs> I want my wife are, are are the old, you know, the the old generation of watching game shows, and when I told her. John O'Hurley did Family Feud, her favorite show of all time. And she goes back to the Richard Dawson days, and now Steve mm. Harvey has it. Did you feel when you did Family Feud, John, did you feel pressure that you're taking over such a great franchise? And, you know, this is, this is it's, it's like, I don't, I don't want to be melodramatic, but it's like you, when you take over Tom Brady, you got to keep winning. Did you feel that? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell, well, I'll tell you exactly how funny it was. Um, back in 1980, I want to say 1986, 
Uh, I was on the uh, the soap opera Loving on ABC there, and uh, um, and I got an offer to go out to uh, to L.A. with a group of uh, soap stars there, and we were on Family Feud, and it was men against the women, right. soap men against the soap women, and. Um, and, and, you know, everybody had a good time. And I don't remember much about the game or I really wasn't watching that. I was watching Richard Dawson. I'm going, you know, this is a pretty good gig. <laughs> and, you know, just walking back and forth and having a fun time with it and just being off the cuff and spontaneous. And it struck me as though it was kind of like a cocktail party. And um, so I, I walked away with that impression of the show. Well, sure enough, 20 years later, I'm hosting the show. And, you know, it's, it, I had to kind of pinch myself. And I said, and I remember the first time going out there uh, for that first show that I hosted. And I went, wow, wow, how interesting. Huh? And, the same, and I felt the same about To Tell the Truth, because that was also a show that I watched as a kid. Um, and, uh, you know, had, you know, just some wonderful guests. And it was kind of, you know, it was like a, a game show about a Google search, basically. It was, you know, a long, extended type of um, uh, show about, you know, trying to find out who the real so-and-so was. So Dawson made a, made an act out of, not an act, but he made a, he, he would kiss every single female contestant on the lips. You didn't do that, did you? No, I was a <laughs> hand kisser. I was a hand kisser. <laughs> I, uh, but I, I, I have to tell you, I, I will tell you a couple of stories about Family Feud since you seem to enjoy it so much about some of the stupid, the stupider things that happened on the show. I remember at the face off once, two otherwise intelligent men that looked like college graduates, each of them come up to the face off. And the question was, name a classic film that begins with the letter C, C. And you would say. Casablanca. Casablanca. Fish? Think of famous. Okay, Casablanca, Citizen Kane, Caddyshack. Yeah. They were all up there. Sea ah. biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make that up. We go down the, and it was always. And, and here's another one. We go down the aisle because usually they put Grandma as number five, and I don't know why she's down there in the end. She's, you know, as they. <laughs> They used to say, sucking the hind tit in the barnyard down there. Grandma's down there at the end of the line, you know, hoping they never get to her, but they always do. Uh, so the question was, name something that you would do um, on a first date to make yourself appear more appealing. And, you, you know, the, you go down, you know, quite a very simple question, really. And it was makeup. It was cologne. It was, what else would you say? Hair. What else would you do? your hair, hair, do your hair up, you know, whatever. Hey, Take a shower, whatever. They're all, up shower. There. And they're, yeah. they're all up there on the board. We get down to grandma at the end. The grandma's about 85. And again, I grab her hand, give it a little kiss, and I say, All right, sweetheart, I want you to think back. What would someone have done way back when you were dating for the first time that would have made them seem more appealing? And she thinks for a moment. She looks me in the eye, leans into the microphone, and says, Stuff your pants with a vegetable? <laughs> you, can't, you can't make this stuff up. Oh, stuff God. your pants with a vegetable. Even back then, one of the heads of lettuce in the produce section. <laughs> yeah, at least use a cucumber. So, mm -hmm. now, what did you do? 
what what were you doing while when, when they would do oh you, listen I, those are the moments when you just feel just let yourself go in reckless abandon because laugh as hard as you want because you're there to enjoy it you know one of the things I understood about hosting a game show is that it is a cocktail party. You are there to engage the comedy and to yeah. let it happen. Don't try to force it. Don't do anything. When something's funny, let it be funny and don't try to double up on it. Um, and then know that if something isn't funny, then you're there to move the game along. But it was just... Um, it was always one of those things I always remember. You know, I, 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 anytime I go on stage, I say one prayer. I say, God, let me be surprised. And that's all I care about. Just let me be surprised at some point. So I'm always looking for that surprise. And if I find it every time, it's more, it's, uh, it, then it's been an enjoyable half hour. There but it go. was, uh, and, and, then, and that was the, that's the fun of playing the game. That's the fun of being a host is just letting it happen. Well, you know, if Fish does become the next game show host on on Family Feud, you know, kissing the lips, you kiss the hand, he's going to kiss the butt. The butt. Kiss the butt. Yeah. That'll be the butt butt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. There we go. All right. Hey, we got some news here. Uh, you've got something new and interesting coming up with Seinfeld. Tell us about it. Well, I do. Um I'll, I'll, I'll talk quietly about it because it's not really for release yet, but I will be hosting um, the the Seinfeld podcast, the Rewatch podcast. Um, we're going to go through all 180 episodes one at a time. So wow. I'll be working for about three and a half years. <laughs> but, um, uh, it's, uh, but it's going to be fun. Uh, it's, uh, I'm so looking forward to it. Because it's, you know, I mean, there's nothing I enjoy, enjoy more in entertainment than talking about Seinfeld. It's just, you know, wonderful to have been part of it. But even if I wasn't part of it, I think I still would have the same affinity for it. And it's so interesting now that I have a 15-year-old son, believe it or not. And uh, he is just beginning to binge watch uh, Seinfeld. And when okay. we come out for dinner, he says, Dad, can we put Seinfeld on? And it's so interesting because he laugh, he loses it. Absolutely <laughs> gut-wrenching laughter now. And I said, well, isn't that interesting that a 15-year-old kid, it still holds up. And he says, all of his friends now at school, because now we're on Netflix, uh, as well as syndication and, uh, and cable, uh, that it's all, they're all watching the show for the first time. So it has a brand new audience right now, which I find absolutely intriguing that this style of humor still holds up. Yeah, it does. Yeah, my kid watched it when he was fifteen. He's thirty now and still watches it. It's great. Now, when you're doing this podcast, are you going to be able to interview some of the cast members? And we're, I'm interested. Yes, in and I think that's the point. What I want to do is really kind of aggrandize the guest stars that were that really have never had you know moments. I mean, anytime they do any kind of Seinfeld anniversary on any of the talk shows or anything, I you know I'm the one they ask, so I come in and I do that. But but there were so many great guest stars. Absolutely. That really made that show. And they were just on one at a time. We, you know, I, I happen to love the character, and I can't think of his name right now, but the rabbi who has the big mouth. You know, he's always, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just love his, the way he <laughs> delivers his lines and everything is so, you know, so slow and methodic. And, uh, but I mean, it's just a wonderfully, um, dispassionate character but uh, i want to bring those people onto the show because their memories of the show are what really make it interesting because for every time you walked onto the set you were in saint patrick's cathedral 
and you knew you were there. So the wonder never disappears. And I, I want to hear it each time from each one of them. So that's the joy of the, that's the joy of what this is going to be is to really celebrate the, uh, is to celebrate the guest stars. And then with the idea of taking the show around the country and, um, you know, and doing kind of a Comic-Con with some of the, um, uh, you know, the, the guest stars that uh, don't have access to that type of a vehicle. And um, so I think it'd be a lot of fun. We're going to have a, a good time doing it. Yeah, and all the all the millions of fans like myself that love Seinfeld can't wait to interview Michael Richards because he's kind of fallen off, you know, the cliff a little bit since he had that incident. So it'd be great when you get him on and talk about the greatness of Seinfeld. I watch a great, great podcast called Talking Sopranos with Stephen Sharippa and Michael mm -hmm. Imperioli. Yeah. And if you're doing the same thing they are, it's going to be fantastic. They bring all the old cast members on and people that were guest stars. And talk about I think the the, yes, I, I think the guest stars are because nobody really has a chance. Nobody ever had a chance really to get to know them. Uh, it's it's tough to bring you know one of the four back because they were involved in so much everything else that it doesn't. You don't get the same kind of crispness of perspective. I think, as I say, I think listening to um, these guest stars because as I always said to them, anytime I had anybody in my office as a you know. A, a, a side character or whatever. I said, I want you to save the script. I want you to write down notes of what you're wearing, everything that went on so that you always remember what happened here. And you always have that script to go back to, to look at and cherish your memories, because I promise you, you will be watching this show with your grandchildren. And that's the only promise I can make about any show that I've ever done. Um, I've killed all the others. In fact, I've killed Seinfeld too, really. But, <laughs> Actually, one of the funny stories, I don't know if I told this on the last show, but um, I'm anchoring in Las Vegas and John has he's been out in Hollywood for about five or six years and we would talk quite a few nights and he was on two or three shows. He'd go on a show. It got canceled. Another show got canceled. Another show got canceled. He calls me and he goes, I got the role on Seinfeld. I go, if you cancel that show, you are really good. Going and that's got to be it. And and the great thing is you did cancel it because the final show of Seinfeld, you actually took me to go see the shooting of it. And it really was a horrible show, but it was it was great just to be there, to be around everybody and everybody that was talking about that. So that was really it was it was just it was a great moment in time. And, you know, you think back and uh, you say, I wonder if something like this will ever happen again. You know, you played with that championship team and that championship season. And, uh, you know, you know, Jordan was right there taking that last minute shot. Yeah, no, it's true. Hey, you got a ton of stuff coming up here. I want you to hit a couple of a couple of things. You're going to head to Crete, Greece to shoot a romantic comedy called Red Door Lemon Tree. Now, yeah, well, doesn't, I, that sound, know, doesn't that sound funny right away? It really does. But are you just, you're just going there to drink the Greek wine, though, right? That's all it is. The Greek wines. I love the Greek wines. They're so just uh, very just so many so full of mineral minerality that I love them. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, I'll be there. It's my second film in Greece. Actually, I shot one recently. Well, I would say I, I, two uh, several years back called Swing Away, which is a wonderful romantic comedy based around golf, which, of course, I love and you love as well. And I shot that on uh, the Isle of Rhodes. Well, now I'm going back with different producers uh, because it seems as though they can't do a film in Greece unless I'm in it. 
Um, and uh, <laughs> so uh, I'll be back there. So I'll be back, but this time on the Isle of Crete, which I think you have been to. Um, yeah. It, it, it has some uh, gorgeous beaches and uh, looking forward to the experience. I am such a fan of the Greek culture, the Greek people. They are the proudest human beings on earth. They are proud to be Greek when they wake up at six o'clock in the morning. And when they go to bed at 4 a.m., they are still proud to be Greek. Oh, I got to love that. Okay. You're, you're shooting another film called Another Man's Trash, and it's a comedy about homelessness? Well, I wouldn't call it a comedy. I would call it, um, uh, I, but I also wouldn't call it a drama. It's, it's um, uh, it kind of fits somewhere in between there, but it's, um, uh, it's kind of a realization of, of, uh, of morality and responsibility. Uh, and I play a, a a very interesting father who has to go through quite a bit of a transition, uh, a wealthy father whose, uh, whose son has uh, latched on to a, a homeless character and uh, tries to rehabilitate him. And uh, uh, it's actually quite a, it's quite a nice film. I'm looking for, I'll be shooting in Philadelphia uh, in May. So I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Yeah, I, got a couple of I got a, I got a comment here. Uh, oh, Hurley, are you hosting the dog show around Thanksgiving? That is a huge ratings winner yes i'll be back for year number 21 believe it or not uh and we still are uh are, we're holding on to our audience there 30 million people every uh, every thanksgiving uh we also have the uh i think we missed it this year because uh of uh, the last strains of COVID. i think but um uh we'll be doing the uh the beverly hills show again next uh spring as well uh so that'll be back up on the mark but yes we are and we're also entertaining um a, uh, one, a third uh, dog show as well right now. So next year we may actually have three. Well, they're just so, they seem to be so popular and NBC likes the format and it likes the, uh, the demographics of it. So it, uh, uh, we'll see, we'll see, but it's a great time. And yes, I'll be back Thanksgiving day. We, you know, Heidi picked Coda to be best picture and it's a streaming service Apple. And you just mentioned that Seinfeld's on Netflix. How great is it being an actor? You've been doing it for so many years and decades and John, and now you have all these streaming services that are making movies and have other outlets for you. It's opened up a whole new world for young actors to get more spots. Don't you agree? Well, it is. Uh, you know, it's um, if you are careful and creative, you can create so many opportunities for yourself right now where you don't, as a young actor, have to wait for a studio to come find you or an agent to come find you. You can create your own stuff right now. It's, uh, you know, the, the, um, the Internet is your oyster. And uh, I encourage when when actors come to me and ask me for advice about, you know, how do I get an agent? How do I go? Stop it. It's a creative world right now. Go grab a camera, go grab your cell phone and go do a go do a motion picture. Why not put it up, you know, put it up where you feel it'll get the most uh, uh, play and interest. People will come to you. You'll build your own audience. And from that, you'll if you'll possibly monetize it. But there was a time when I started off in the industry. When people would, you know, you'd sit around and you wait for an agent to, you know, to, you know, look your way and they would send out pictures and hopefully you got an audition. All of that stuff is gone. It doesn't exist anymore. The business has changed totally. Right now, the studios go to USC film department and give some of these kids development money to say, you tell us what's going on because we don't yeah. have a clue. And you tell us what's, you know, 
and and so they push them towards TikTok. They push them towards uh, all these other uh, mediums, right? Uh, you know, and and this is where everything is going. It's like people are trying to find, you know, the next thing. Now, not necessarily good, uh, because you know, as we saw on the Oscars the other night, a certain there's a certain amount of vulgarity that is going on in our entertainment industry, and it's it, and it's creeping slowly and surely into it. And so, unfortunately, you know a lot of the stuff that is, you know, being put out on the internet, um, in these, in, in, um, um, in video medium is, is, is there's a lot of vulgarity to it. And I, I, I don't support that. Uh, I, I, I miss the elegance of film, uh, and the storytelling, great storytelling is what I miss. Uh, it's, but the, the vulgarity is something I, um, I don't know. I just well, sad to see it creep in. Well, Daily Fish carries up a lot of the vulgarity for you, so you don't have to have it. <laughs> so we'll we'll take care of it. Hey, Jono, we got about three minutes left. I want you to talk about your entrepreneurship and that great technology, a trash to energy technology that I literally think can save the world if people would just pay attention to what you have. Can you talk oh, really quickly yeah, about it? Yeah, very quickly. It's a, the technology is a very singular one. There isn't anything like it in the world, but it takes any form of waste. Now, that could be tires, it could be municipal solid waste, it could be agricultural waste, manures, sewage systems, anything, anything like that. It takes that and turns it into large forms of energy by processing it uh, through a uh, uh, through what we'll call a heated vacuum. Uh, it produces a synthetic gas. That gas can be turned into anything you want. It could be you can be turned it into gasoline. You can turn it into electricity. It uh, doesn't matter what you, you turn it into. That's the simple premise. It takes waste and turns it into large amounts of energy. But here's the kicker is that it does it with absolute zero, absolute zero emissions, and it powers itself. So it's off the grid. So it's going to be the savior for a lot of uh, um uh, municipalities in this country where they're spending so much on not knowing where to put their trash because their uh, their uh, uh, garbage heaps there you know they just the landfills have just all uh, ex exceeded their uh, their um, their capabilities right now and they won't give them new places to throw trash this is the perfect way for the world to use its trash and i mean all the way into the point where we can take up those plastics in the vortex in the south pacific and uh and get rid of that as well which blocks the shipping lanes and not just that one area but seven other oceans or, or all seven oceans and and real quickly here in because uh, we only got about a minute here left but you can also create food you can create food yep. for areas. And I'm thinking of areas that are having problems with climate change that can't grow anymore. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are leaving, going to different cities. They're going and invading yep. other areas. If yep. they had this in certain cities, uh, certain islands, certain places yep. around the equator, I mean, this this thing would be would be life changing. Yeah, we do. Well, we have a great desalination technology that's never been done before as well. Uh, and it and it um, it basically produces medical grade water, which has never been done before in sal in desal, uh, medical grade water, and it doesn't throw the slurry back into the ocean and creating a kill zone. It uses the uh, the uh, the rock salt there for uh, for uh, manufacturing purposes. So it has a perfect story to it, and once again, zero emissions, uh, and it powers itself off the grid. So yes, and we also have the food technology as well, where we can actually grow uh, food inside of a three acre chamber that would feed um, 
10,000 people a day without any use of any power. Again, off the grid. All of our, all of our technologies have that story. So it's, uh, it's fun. John, I'll give them the website. Uh, Gold Seal Industries, plural, dot com. All right. Very good. Wanted to get that in there, John. I think it's really important. You're doing great stuff out there. So uh, we appreciate it. Thank you for being on Daily Fish. Needless to say, you're going to have to come back again. Let's do it. All righty. All right. It's folks, great to see talking, you. We've been talking to actor, singer, and author, John O'Hurley, TV host as well. John O, thank you so much, buddy. We'll be in touch. Take care. You bet. All right. And coming up, Fish and I are going to wrap things up, give you a sneak peek at next week. Uh, but first, we want to tell you about Hope for the Warriors. They have a big celebrity golf event coming up August 27th and 29th. It will be in Wallace, North Carolina. That's near Wilmington, North Carolina. And Fish, we're planning on being there. Hope for the Warriors works with our military warriors who were wounded to help them restore their sense of family and hope and uh, also to get them healthy so that they can be part of their families in the community. It's a great charity, a great event, and you can uh, see us there too. And please, if you can, donate to hopeforthewarriors.org. And folks, remember, Daily Fish is live from Vegas and Myrtle Beach. We're on Facebook at daily.fish.5, plus the Myrtle Beach Golf Channel and Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. You can catch us on YouTube. We're also on the DBNA Television Network on Roku and also Amazon. And Wingding TV is going to start carrying us too. Get the Wingding app for free, and you can write to us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. Another great show, Fish. My God, can you believe all the stuff we got into that show? <laughs> Huge. Everyone was great. Heidi was great. Hardison picking the Giants pissed me off. I mean, I'll, I'll, get the, I'll get the result of his piss test back to see if he has a job here. You know, like I really care. Uh, no, it, it was great. And then next week, Lauren Francesa and Brad Grumbrick have one of the top podcasts that we're in competition with, and it's called How'd You Start? And they do a 40-minute podcast about taking someone and how'd you start in your business and where are you now? I was on their podcast, 5 million viewers. Okay. So yeah. to get them on, we will help our podcast out. I'll be interested to see how they started that. She's a fledgling actress. He's Brad Grumberg. Everyone knows who this guy is. So that'd be fun. And our new time our new time. I was gonna say the interview they did with you was great. That was that was a riveting interview, especially about you and your in your years as a bartender and the different people you're around. Because they know you're gonna write a book about that someday. So nah. it wasn't a, it was just I I worked in one of the greatest bars in the history of the planet. I worked at Mom's Saloon. I was there from day one to day done and I dealt with every celebrity and actor and athlete and drug dealer and, and pimp. And it was just a phenomenal experience. And I met my wife there in 1980, 1987. So, you know, it was great. Wow. Uh, also next weekend, uh, besides having Lauren and Brad on, uh, I'm going to be in uh, Greenville, South Carolina at the Rockin' the Runway Celebrity Golf Event. Remember we had Damon Johnson on last week talking about that. So I'm going to actually do the show from there because that's going to be one of their big nights there. Plus, it's going to be right before the final four fish next Monday. That's great. Yeah, we're, we're changing to Monday because we found out through a great advertising guy that's working for us, Justin Hull, that people love – you could recap the sports weekend. When we could do it on Tuesdays, you already know it went on. But we get Mondays, you get it fresh from – when when it's water, water cooler talk at your place, you get it fresh from Daily and Fish what happened over the weekend because most of the sports, big-time things happen on the weekend. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So got some good stuff. All right. Got about a minute left, Fish. What else are you thinking about? Uh, well, I mean, for dinner tonight, that's what you do and get older. I'm thinking about a steak salad. Nice. Okay. A little oregano and thyme on top, a little fresh onion and tomato, you know, 
little rigatoni I'll make for the wife. We'll finish nice. off with Chardonnay. Then I'll then I'll ask her to get frisky. She'll say no, and I'll pass out watching Family Feud with Steve Harvey. <laughs> there you go. Very good. Very good. We I'm should like, also say. Uh, yeah. Well, I've already had dinner because it's uh, I'm on the East Coast here, yeah. but. Um, the uh, the NFL has just really quickly uh, they've changed the overtime rules for uh, for the playoffs. So in other words, if you get the ball first, you can't just win. You, you the other team's got to get the ball, which is going to and again we only got 30 seconds left. Fish that's going to change strategies when the flip yeah. of the coin happens. And before we go, another great one was each team has to hire a minority or a female for their offensive side of the ball. I love that. It puts more people into the into the system for future head coaching jobs. Yeah, there you go. All, All right. right. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Love you, pal. Love Thanks you for too, watching. Man. Great, great show. Hey, a year next week. <laughs>